The voice is spoken, and we of the intro have come together in a threesome, not the kind which you pay extra for, to talk Ooh. to you about Age of Sigmar. A free threesome? A freesome. A Sigmarsome. Welcome to Always Strikes Last. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello there. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, you, can, you can all tell here it's uh, it's uh, it's another episode of the Always Strikes Late podcast. Yes. Oh, where yeah. All we're, of us we, are in a... <laughs> it's the same podcast. We're just all very tired. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's late no matter where we are. Or early. I, I feel on like, how you that's, like this. Yeah, that's late night if you're waking yeah. up that early, right? That's fair. So. Um, yeah, welcome to welcome to Always Strikes Last slash Late. Uh, I'm Miles, and I'm joined by Matt and Jack. As per usual, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for all <laughs> joining us, even if it's not a witching hour where you are sitting today. There we go. And uh, Matt, it's a very uh, special late night because you uh, have a big day tomorrow. I I do. Uh, some would call it a big day. I'll call it a two and three, and I'm happy uh, there you go. day. Or maybe a maybe a two and one, and I'm happy for the day. For the day, you I know. got you. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the first of two days, right? This is a GT you're doing. Man. Yeah, yeah. So Emerald City Open, uh, Victoria's Secret hosts uh, at least one every year. Uh, it's a nice, decent sized GT. Um, uh, Miles knows the the place, but this time they went back to um, Blue Sky Wizards Hobby. Oh, fun! It's not in the mall, Bremerton. Yeah, I I did enjoy it the at the mall, but yeah, uh, there was a lot of space in the mall for sure. It was kind of weird because we were like in the mall kind of before it opens or like as it's like really kind of opening at all. And then and you're just like, it's weird being in a mall these days. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, it was, if you think back on it, it was true. weird being in a mall previously, though. Yeah, well, that's right? a good, like, you know, you make, a, you make a strong argument there. Especially <laughs> if you worked at a mall or you did retail. I got suckered into some retail when I was mm-hmm. younger. And I remember that being awkward as hell in a mall. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe um, anecdotal to mall tournaments, but just for, for visual speculation in your brains, guys, the first tournament I ever played was in a mall. Ooh. And it was in the center of one of those concourses where like four big box stores came together. <gasps> and nice. it was because the game store was a kiosk in that mall. That was like the space they could get it. So it was the most surreal fishbowl effect of having like these tables just kind of being wandered around by a great gyre of people who knew nothing about Warhammer. Were very oh my gosh. That must've been awesome. And also terrifying all at once. It was both things, but kind of fun. You know, so you saw kids from my school kind of wandering over and ask what I was doing. I ate like a Barbie's burger and drank a big Jamocha shake, but it was pretty magical. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so so the ECO tomorrow uh, at Blue Sky Wizard Games. I the name of that store always confuses me. It's like Blue Sky Hobby, and I I just attach another couple of words on it, and then it's good. Uh, it's cool. a interesting little place in Bremerton. Um, you know, one of the 
One of the problems they used to have before is it was like a mall, but condensed in. Um, mm-hmm. I know other players who have played there have been like, wow, this is not enough space for a GT as we're playing a, a GT. Yep. Uh, so they have graciously decided to finally uh, just run out the whole bottom room. Um, oh. We've got, I think it's a buffet or some food is provided to everybody nice. included in the ticket. It's an awesome thing that they're doing. Um, props to uh, Matthew Kangeezer, who's putting it on and TOing it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they came up with a great solution for players there, as well as, you know, making sure that, you know, the restaurant is made whole as well. So sure. nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of stoked for it. Um, that's always nice. been the one thing that gets me there. Like everybody, is all about the uh, you know the crazy terrain there, but I tend to love it except for mm-hmm. that one thing that, that I'm one shot little, at that one little like uh, church on a hill that mm-hmm. I hate so much. That other than that, the tra- I mean that the, always worked out in your favor against that's me. That's true. So <laughs> I don't know how much you could hate it. Uh, for for context here, uh, back when I was still doing Dragon Ogre heavy stuff, uh, uh, Miles was kicking it with KO and mm-hmm. just dropping dropping spells on me and then saying, hey, I'm going to stick you behind this hill. You're going to have to move up and you're going to take a hit and then you're going to have to move over and then you're going to take yeah. a hit and then you got to come down from this hill to get me and you're going to take a hit. It was, uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. Why don't you just walk over the six foot, the six inch tall hill? Yeah. Like- <laughs> Even as dragon ogres at that point in time, uh, that was that was rough. It was you were going to die on me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll be here but, all night. But that's exciting. So, uh, Matt, what's your what's your list for tomorrow? What are you playing? Yeah, well, tell us the secrets. So I, I know in our last uh, our last podcast, I was I was pretty dead set on my beastmen and my mm-hmm. uh, dragon ogres, and uh, I'm cheating on them. Uh oh. Uh, I, I had that last minute dash and I had had to have a nice conversation with myself and say, you know what? My beast of chaos will be there and they'll only get better. And I'll, I already know how to play them. What would be really fun for a GT? Let's take this army that I've been building for about six months uh, is not finished at all uh, with the paint schemes because I've only got their uh, flesh color down. Mm-hmm. And um, that's got to have at least 30, 60, uh, 10, 20. It looks like a big tray. I was looking at the pictures he posted 30, oh, on our Discord. That has at least uh, 70 models. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I see. Um, yeah. Yes. Our, our super fancy Discord. <laughs> um <laughs> now with channels <laughs> yeah yes no and it's uh and it's uh bone splitters yep it is all orc on pork except for one unit of 20 orc not on pork oh. um that also have the uh the savage big boss so i can get that eight inch move out of them instead of the piddly five inch move at the beginning of the game nice and so all orcs, 
three wizards. All of them just have the uh, blizzard. So wizard with blizzard. Nice. Oh man, I'm gonna have so many rhymes and songs tomorrow. Now that I'm thinking That's about gonna it, it's gonna be great. Your your <laughs> army is so Susian right now. Just like the pork and the orc and the oh. mm-hmm. nice. wizards and blizzards. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, you know I've been really excited about this army just because there I love cavalry. We've established this, mm-hmm. but what's better than an all cavalry army? An all cavalry army of insane naked orcs riding on soon to be bacon. Like nice. This is going to be true. You know, one of the things I find interesting about this particular choice, Matt, is I can tell right now from looking at it that you are a secret meta chaser, but just the opposite side of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Now uh, it's a race to the bottom. That's right. (laughs) Now, now this this leads to the uh, the the question of what I really wanted out of the tournament, right? So, yep. <laughs> so I could have gone there, probably gone three and two at the least, or four and one with the Dragon Ogre list. Pretty mm-hmm. confident that I can do that. But the uh, oh, the Morks they they needed paint. So uh, when you need to paint your army. Sign them up for a tournament. Uh, put your list in right when the list is due, like the last due date, and nice. make it orc so you can't change it. And then you suddenly have a tabletop painted army that has to be made. I mean, I I, I just finished about two hours ago. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't I didn't finish the army. I got a tabletop ready. And uh, then I was like, okay, I'm finished. The army is not finished, but I am finished. There you go. <laughs> you got them to the I, place where they can be presented onto the tray. <laughs> indeed. Uh, I'm looking at the most recent MetaWatch article, and they're not even listed. I know. Spenders. I love it. That's uh, what's so sweet about this. Like, they're, they're going to come out of literally nowhere. <laughs> well, and for a long time, their whole – their whole the whole um, meta win rate uh, for bone splitters was just like one guy. Yeah, right? it was the, was, uh, the wizard who's now one hundred seventy points for the little guy. No, no, no. I meant there was literally one player, or like you know, two or three players oh, who were holding that. up. Yeah, who were just like completely savanting this army. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was like one style that, of yeah. list, right? Because they're a wound sink, and then you, uh, you know, you have the mask. Um, oh yeah, but no, and... but like uh, it's you know their meta representation was like so small. Like if you go to like T Sports and look at like how many people are actually playing them, it's like less than one percent, less than point one percent of the meta plays Bone Splitters. Mm, the one percent, huh? I don't less know if I point. can get behind the one percent playing only Bone Splitters. <clears throat> If it's less than one percent, then we're going back to eighteen hundred standards. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's point. Hang on, I'll I'll get it. Let me. You keep going. I'm looking it up. So I'll I'll, I'll be the uh, mm. the oil baron, eighteen hundreds orc on pork player. Oh, oh, man, now I have to get a monocle and a top hat when I play. That would be amazing. And you have to get some sort of like pork product to just give to opponents. I mean, it has to be just stick with this. <laughs> just show up with bacon. <laughs> <laughs> or like just, because you have so many like orcs on forks, just give them spam because you're spamming units and it's also oh, oh nice 
There we go. Uh, I yeah. see that's that's much nicer than what I was thinking. I was thinking I just show up on the day with Three uncooked packs bacon. of uncooked bacon. So the first <laughs> player is going to be happier. The last player is going to be like, really? And the middle player is going to be like, man, there is something really wrong with this guy. Was he? Yeah. Is he going to give me both of these, or like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity for interesting moments with that approach, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, but man, this was, um, this is a great exercise in making sure that you know you stick to a plan, right? So I'll, I'll throw the list out here it's a uh, three maniac war not weird noms mm-hmm. uh one of them with glowing tattoos mm-hmm. uh for the four plus shrug one with Mork's bony bits because <clears throat> i mean at first i just clicked it because i just love the name and then i realized it was the one that i wanted uh which nice. is nice mm-hmm. 24 inch range of a monster you get plus one to cast and uh i think dispel as well Yep, and unbinding. Uh, that one's nice. got fast on, which means it can move uh, once per game in the uh, in the hero phase. So I can get up uh, out in front of the rest of the army, maybe grab an objective to take it away at the start of the turn or something if I need to do something. Or in the case of basically the idea of this army, um, get in a get in an unexpected spot to cast Horfrost. So let somebody think that they're setting themselves up to not be hit by somebody with Horfrost uh, on the unit. Uh, So uh, accompanying them is three units of 10 Savage Boar Boys with Savage Mm -hmm. Stickas, and then three units of five Savage Boar Boy Maniacs because they're just amazing Again, this army is all about the meme of the names. Mm-hmm. Uh, a savage big boss. I think I already said he's got great hunter for his command trait. Let's uh, half the army move eight instead of five. And um, then 20 savage orcs just running up after the porks with their slow little legs. So that's it. And... I feel real bad for whatever tank army I'm going to run into because the goal of the army is essentially have cavalry. Um, (laughs) Have cavalry. uh, Check. What's the stun? Check. (laughs) The second part is that it is going to have, you know, three very big movable blocks of potential mortal wound output. Shrugs are available. Um, you know, and they're kind of decently tanky. Tanking them in units of 10, that's 30 wounds to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you chew through those, you know, that's nine dice I can roll at the beginning of every hero phase to start bringing guys back. So nice. Um, outside of that, like uh, I am taking the uh, ice bone. So they're throwing mortals on sixes to wound. Um, as well nice. as having exploding sixes to hit. Nice. Which means like the army can drown and drown armies in dice, right? Um, I've done a couple of test games with it and um, went against uh, uh, 
very, very great player just down the down the street from me, Brian, uh, who is playing the uh, the squig list that I just you know it's ever since Ricky Ricky Fisher squigs have mm-hmm. just gotten in my head can't beat him. Um, Dude, they I, people have said that, that squigs of you know gloom spites fallen off and like I don't know but like they're still nasty. Oh, they're they're still nasty, <laughs> and I think that's that's why they're still in my head. Um, yeah. Playing back I the suspect... game, it was still a fifty fifty for me. Even losing yeah. all priority mm. roles, it was still a fifty fifty. <clears throat> Came down so, to more of a decision on the loss for that game. So yeah, yeah, like disheartening for sure. Oh, it's great! It's great to know that I could have and you know like recognize the problems and my disbelief in a unit when it could have cleared another unit right Mm -hmm. learning when to sacrifice the thing so that i can you know get the bigger thing um and that's a little a little stats uh for for our discussion here so from the 2022-2023 season two ghps this is last ghp out of all of the matches played out of 13 uh thousand matches played um uh 10 were with bone splitters wow okay so where where did they all go are they just all sitting on a shelf because if somebody's got a bunch of bone splitters on you know they should give them to me because i will play them (laughs) most likely the majority of the active bone splitters are in your shelf right now freshly painted (laughs) I know for a fact that there King Geezer has twice the amount of models that I have for bone splitters, so he may have hoarded some too. Um, so it may it may just be us, yeah. yeah. It's well, it's the know, mats. <laughs> all, all jokes aside, I mean, you can almost guarantee that no one will see it coming. <laughs> you know, in terms of you know having played it recently or having thought about it. So any of the tricks you have up your sleeve could be really interesting. And I think you said that you have what three of the blizzard wizards in this list. So there's three people willing to throw themselves away. And and did you have war God prophets as well? I think I, Oh, it was the, uh, Horfrost Horfrost, not the blizzard. So I did, I just call everything from this, uh, GHB blizzard. Now that's probably not a great thing to say in a podcast, but, uh, you know, it's not very helpful. <laughs> but, all nice uh, magics, yeah, yes. yes, all all the same hoarfrost. So the idea there is um, that I could have gone with the, or I was looking at the spells available, and normally I go with the uh, the. There's a tusk spell that adds plus two rend to only the tusks, and. I was thinking about it and I thought, well, you know, if I want to have the option to do something, I should be able to pick one or the other melee profile, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say I know I'm going to be in a spot where I'm going to be hitting a line and a lot of my unit is going to be bunched up. Well, the spears have two inch range and the tusks only have one. So I can use the hoarfrost and put it on the spears as opposed to only putting the other spell on the tusks. And then all of a sudden I'm hitting with a lot more rent um, for nice. each attack. So there was a little method to the madness other than let's shove all these orcs on some porks into the mm-hmm. opposition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it should be interesting. 
All I can say is that was a lot of models to paint over over a week. That's I'm very impressed with that. I mean, I guess <laughs> may, maybe we should take a moment just to think about that because mm-hmm. this is sort of a seminal moment we've all hit individually as modelers and painters and tournament players. And they sure. want to play with a thing. You have this grand idea. You've committed to it. Time is not behaved. The tournament yes. is coming up very quickly. <laughs> you got a lot Super of work quickly. to do. Yep. A lot of work to do. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more about your journey, Matt, like where you started, what it was looking like seven days ago, what you went through and how you got it to the admissible state and what that admissible state looks like. Yeah, sure. So I think, I think, um, you know, I had kind of made the decision to actually put the list in like, yep, seven days ago. Exactly. Um, but before then, you know, I had about three different armies I was looking at. One of them being the Dragon Ogres. Um, and I had played a couple of games with them. Uh, I believe we already talked about it. Um, and it was they're really solid, right? I knew I could take them higher. And then I started looking around at, you know, the others and thinking, you know, what's one that I haven't played in a while? What is an army that... I think I could have fun with um, and just not be bringing the same thing everybody else is bringing as, you know, I twist my hipster mustache and put on my mm-hmm. hipster fedora here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I really like variation, right? When I go to a GT, it's really kind of disheartening to see everybody playing the same thing. Um, is that kind of, I think after, you know, the third game, if you're running to the same style list, it just becomes a slog. Yeah. Uh, We've got a, we've got a one day or coming up this weekend, which unfortunately I'm going to have to miss, but it's, I'm I'm told there are four null myriad uh, OBR players coming. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's great because like by, by round three, everybody's going to know how to fight in all myriad, at least. Yeah, right. right? Every single person. Uh, I'm sure they're all um, Gavin's list. You know, it's just like, you know, uh, it's what it is. At least I don't have to play it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You get the blow by blow later of like a bunch of anti-magic skeletons staring at each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'm going to be running into them, so... Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to see how this list does. But but mm-hmm. back to why I'm going uh, yes. in mm-hmm. earlier than seven days, right? So when it came down to it, Dragon Ogres, I kind of set them aside uh, because, you know, we're halfway into the season. If I'm actually going to go to play hard, I'm going to go to play hard, right? And I want to mm-hmm. make sure that, like, I haven't looked at my points. I have not really cared for my points this season. I think after that one year of getting the little dragon ogre trophy i was done for a little while sure like getting the boc trophy was like okay cool that's awesome even in like the the insanity of the COVID era and all that that was a goal attained so not that i don't love them but there are other models that i have and uh one of the things I'll, i've been doing um over the course of these past two seasons is like i have so many armies but i'm not playing half of them why am I not mm-hmm. playing half of them? It's not because I don't like running, you know, um, certain armies. Like some are easier to play than others, but it's more. I have ideas that I want to play, right? Um, sure. 
chariot list, all chariot list in Zinch, right? Let's just do all flamer chariots. Let's do all Orcom Pork. Let's do all Black Knights, yada, 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 yada. And I love the challenge of building those, building those lists that are kind of anti-meta. And so with most of the armies, I have assembled them almost there. And um, most of them, I've got the paint schemes down, but I haven't found that kind of like one little thing that speaks to me in the paint scheme that says, okay, this is the exact direction I want to go with this. I can now commit mm-hmm. to it, right? So I was looking at the Zinch. I've got them. I've got three chariot flamers, uh, uh, flamer chariots to paint, and that's it. It's ready to go. And I'm looking at the orcs, and I have 70-something models, right? 60, 70 models to paint. And you need a few of them with some paint on them, if I recall. And, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm leaning up to here. So I have been working on that recipe to get the orc skin exactly as I want it, right? Mm-hmm. And so generally as I do a lot of uh, this stuff or my, my process usually is to uh, make it so I can batch, th- batch paint things so that mm-hmm. they are up to an acceptable level and that the... Um, the army itself will be, would be, if I were insane enough, easy enough to go through in one whole go, right? I like the uniformity of look for a lot of things, and I like to have my recipes down, and I like to be able to add variation in things. So there's a lot of like, okay, well, I've got these two colors for the generic green for the skin. Okay, how do I want to make these orcs look? Slightly different. Okay, well, I've got five different washes. I've got a flesh wash, an agrax, mm-hmm. earth shade. I've got a red wash. I've got all these. Okay, now we're going to mix around on this. And I finally got it to where um, I got through all of the skin on the orcs, uh, mm-hmm. which is the hardest part uh, because it's orcs on porks. And right, they're, they're naked. The splitters are all naked. Yeah, so <laughs> most of that surface area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I was next came the, you know, what's the other base color? Um, and I'd figured that out just the other day after kind of like, oh, do I want to give them like the standard khaki? No, I'm going to be unhappy with that. So I painted I painted one orc with just a just all black and white. And it looked like uh, <laughs> the the epiphany moment for me was like, oh, these orcs are in a metal band now. They're death metal orcs. Yes. And, um, and I was like, okay, it clicked. I can batch paint these now. Like I can do all of this. If I am just dedicating, you know, one hour a night, maybe two hours a night. Um, I can just bam, 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 bam through this because I have like an end goal and it's defined, you know, it's the classic designer problem of like, uh, give me the, give me the end goal. I need to know, you know, I need to know where I'm going so I can design my way to get there. What does um, done look like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I knew I had one problem walking into it and that was going to be differentiation of units. And that's really what that practice game was about was how am I going to define the difference between these units of everybody having only green skin and black, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And, 
and that was the only that was the only thing that I wanted to kind of wrench that I wanted to throw in my way um, before I went ahead and put the list in. So that's why I put the list in was a it'll help me finish this army and at least get it to a point where I can like say hey your experimentation phase is done right right and then b it was like okay well i'll still have a challenge along the way i've got the main things figured out and i can you know i'll get them to a point where they they look like they're going to be tabletop ready but i can also like if i see something i don't like i can always go back and change it because Mm -hmm. the spot colors that are going to define the different units are going to be minimal and i can adjust the shade um you know on the model i can add more you know add more highlights in certain areas etc etc but if i set it up on the table i'm not going to be i'm not going to be embarrassed for my level that i like to bring to a game um and i think that's something kind of everybody has to like do right is know what they're comfortable with bringing to a table and know what they're and and for me, I think like for me, it's really important that if I set my models down on the table, that my opponent is a going to know what I'm putting down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like if I point out the model, they've got to be able to see, like know what it is. That's really sure. hard with bone splitters. So you know that was part of defining the colors. So I did that with um, you know change the color of the pork. For the maniacs I see, yeah, some, versus some, some pork the board variation there, yeah, yep. So the porks are gray, and then everybody else is a different color of brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the second thing is like it's not really embarrassment, but more like I I personally don't enjoy setting up on a table and seeing you know the three color minimum uh, requirements that a lot of people have like sure. set up in front of me. Like I really like seeing something that somebody put time and care into because for me, it's kind of an indication of how people appreciate the game. It, it, it provides me a little bit of an insight into my opponent and whether they're there to just win the game by playing sure. it only because that's the only thing that they came to do. Right didn't come for the hobby or the enjoyment of the lore, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, and that's totally a way of um, actually not so, exactly, or that's totally an assumption on my part. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I were to show up with a gray or just basic army, that's what I'd be indicating to my opponent. I got you. Well, but, you know, we've all had those moments. You know, I, I like to show up fully painted too and, you know, some, some tournaments I don't make it, you know? Um, and, uh, so typically, you know, like on a, on a one day or event, there's usually no painting requirement in my experience, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and so you can play something a little more loosey goosey, or maybe you didn't get it finished in time. Um, and then, but GTs tend to have, you know, the painting requirements, you know, where, um, which is usually three co- three colors and and basing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and yep. Yep. As defined by the whatever wherever the wherever it is. The Night Games Workshop rubric, right? That came out that one time to sort of illustrate uh, what 
battle players, ready meant was that what it was yeah, it was very loosey goosey right? that was the, the battle ready illustration <laughs> yeah, yeah. Room for interpretation on yeah, that for sure exactly yeah. and then it kind of does beg the question of like you say three colors but I think spacing we a color what it's priming yeah, well, a color yeah it's priming a color yeah <laughs> the I, easiest I've one to get down uh, yeah <laughs> Um, I definitely remember very early in my career being being assured that primer was a color. Yeah. Uh, yep. I and I think well. sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And that's, uh, you know, just a really tough, you know, not everything is straightforward in life, as, you, as I think you guys will find. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's a great oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel gray like that was uh, primer, not a base color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gray areas are definitely primer, but I feel like I feel like that may have been um, like a holdover from 40k. Right, if somebody primes their army red for Blood Angels, you're you, that's a color. Sure, They're not gonna no, that is a color. Else, right? Absolutely, so, and, uh, you can paint your army in such a way where the primer is a color. Yeah, um, and, and so that's where I can see where it came from, right? Yeah, I feel like there was a there was a time shift in this though, because I kind of remember hearing the same things back in the day, where you know primer wasn't necessarily a color when it was black or white, because those are the only primers out there. But then if you were sure. like, with that extra step, you know, once they started coming out with you know different colors of rattle can, mm-hmm. you know, of course it felt like a magic color, but then maybe that perception has shifted over time. I would imagine, you know, as as we as we get more exposure, right, to mm-hmm. like more interesting hobbies or more interesting ways to like create almost dioramic effects with the models themselves, right? Our standards kind of jump. It's sure. So like hey, I, I can definitely see that. Hey Matt, could I could I ask an opinion question uh, mm-hmm. of you, which is if you have, if you're looking at someone's painted army, and some of their models really only have two colors on them, but they've hand painted the base, like little little, uh, uh, you know, uh, hand painted little uh, like cobblestones onto the bases, right? Like little two D uh, cobblestones. Is that color or is that basing? Now, am I am I seeing this as a to judge? <laughs> or just as a random dude who's enjoying the cobblestone bases. Let me let me paint an even an even broader picture of this. Just imagine <laughs> everything well, I, was I painted, the... but these models just were a little bit close to the edge, but they did have these hand illustrated cobblestone bases. <laughs> if they had hand illustrated cobblestone bases, then they'd get the best painting score ever for the painting rubric. But for <laughs> the would, models would... themselves, I would still have to dock them. Do you Ooh. think that would still maybe like win best painted over no. like a painted orc over standing on top of a completely white mock crusher? <laughs> well, I mean, by the painting rubric, um, I think they would actually fail because you have to you have to have basing right to that's have rub, a three colored model right because you have to I have think three that's color the right model yep. and basing. Yeah. So both would fail in that instance to get best painted if I were to own. I, I, I would like to say, I'd like to hold a decent standard for it. Um, I think one of the things that does too, is it, it chases out a lot of that mentality of, okay, I, I'm coming here to only win, not have a good time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
I say this mainly because I, as a TO, uh, personally robbed Jack of a of a best painted by interpreting the rubric against his favor. Oh, it's true. It's an old chestnut, <laughs> but it's 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 a good one. And and the example I used is also drawn from life. You know, great great guy. You know, who was playing in that local tournament, and he had this beautifully painted army, uh, except for. His final model, which was, you know, Big Ma Crusher on the big pie plate. Pie plate was black, you know, no paint, no base on it. You know, it had, I think it had some rocks or something, but it was minimal. It was very minimal. The yeah. Ma Crusher itself was just primed. Just primed. And like then, clearly a white primer, but not like oh, a yeah. fancy one. That would, and that the would... orc, but the orc on top of the Ma Crusher, fully painted. Beautifully painted, magnetized, flopped on there. Also was able to go on his pig, I think, when he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> It's wonderful that he was able to get the orc painted. Um, in my opinion, if he wanted a better painting score, he should have made a different list. Sure, he didn't need no, a better painting score because right? he won. The the the, the bar was uh, oh, like oh. the bar was that is a low bar. The, yeah, the low there was a very low bar in this event. It was like one of the first Age of Sigmar events we'd we'd even run at the club. And so it was really just Jack and this other guy in contention at all. Mm. Well, I I would. Everybody else got a zero. Yeah. Having, yeah. <laughs> having not been the TO at that event, I would have given it to Jack out of pure favor yeah. alone. There so, we go. You know, I, I appreciate saying, that. Oh. Because I wasn't the TO. So I would have yeah, been yeah. like, I would have been standing behind Jack, hyping his model up, and then been like, well, look at this guy. That's a that's not even a ghost gore grunner. There's not even a wash on that ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it, it is such a funny example, though, especially light of this conversation, because you know, that was a great time and certainly had some interesting moments. But it really did imprint the idea that, you know, when you're going to an event has certain standards, you know, mm-hmm. even like, beyond just getting on the table physically, <laughs> you know, but uh, to make sure that you check the boxes and do all right or that maybe your model doesn't get pulled. You got to make sure you have the minimums. You have to make sure it like doesn't like fail on those like different box checks. Yeah, and and the painting rubrics are uh, are an interesting thing. I'll actually put the kind of most used in at least the Pacific Northwest scenes painting rubric up, and maybe that can be something we can uh, talk with people on um, in the Discord uh, of like, you know, let's see if it passes all the painting rubric, right? That'd be an yeah. awesome thing. Um, I know that'd be helpful for me for having you guys check those lists off for me. Um, but that kind of that kind of feeds back into the prep for this week, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So one of <laughs> I'm just gonna boom jump us back there. Nice. Uh, so the one of the main things that I really wanted to do with this army, and I like to do it with most of them, right? Mm-hmm. Is to have them have a themed opponent. And my themed opponent from my other armies is the uh, Fire Slayers, who are in a wintry volcano setting. Okay. And so I'd finally gotten everything ready. Um, That was another huge factor, is I knew how I wanted to do the basing on these models. I'd gotten all the all the hobby stuffs that I needed. I got my fake snow. I got my kind of craggy dirt all ready to go. And um, so what I did was get all of the models up to where I could get them 
uh, based without any washes or anything that I'd be adding later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, getting down onto the base and kind of ruining that work. Right. So, um, I was, went through, got all my, uh, initial stuff on, I think it was on a Sunday night when I, when I was finally like, okay, good to go. Um, everything's in, I've had my little practice game. I don't think I'm going to do well, but whatever I've committed. So now I mm-hmm. need a painted army. Right. Right. So, uh, sat down, got my first, uh, basing run. I've got some, uh, great Phileo, uh, earth stuff that I use. I love that stuff. Um, because it's got the texture and if you add an ink over top of it, you suddenly have a lot of depth. So get that down on the models, nice. you know, like the, these, the basing goop technology that's come out in the past, so I don't know, five years, six, you know, since I started anyway, uh yeah. this hobby you know has really changed a lot of the game like so many of my armies the basing is like goop plus rock yep and like yep, me absolutely. me it's me used to be just going and grabbing sand from the front lawn yeah like, no it's, <laughs> you didn't pay <laughs> 12.99 for citadel brand sand you're only allowed to use the official stuff they can tell <laughs> yeah but you know when you live in a city you know that's when you find like the glass and stuff in there too so so it was always you know i was paying for it in different ways we'll say that um, so so yeah so i got the basing down and you know takes a good day for that to dry already got a head start as far as I'm concerned, right? My skin is already mm-hmm. done. The hardest part of the army is done. The hardest so part of the army is the decision on what you're going to paint it like. So let's just like have a freeze frame for a second to make sure that the mm-hmm. audience can understand like how your progression is. So first you sign your name in blood and submit the army list. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be doing iron jaws. I see iron jaws. Uh, sorry, bone splitters. All right. Relegated really to the other one, which ice splitters, ice bone <laughs> splitters. Yeah, yeah. I, was confu- yeah. I was confused with the one that Jamer goes to the tabletop, but I'm, I'm sorry, but back to the, <laughs> <laughs> the bone splitters. <laughs> so, you have the decision made, and this is like seven days ago. You have the skin already done because you this is the part you've been working on, and you cracked the code on, and so you were kind of starting from skin on mm-hmm. these 70 plus models, but you had to do the basic. So a day, day and a half pass. We're in the Monday territory, and you've done maybe Sunday, and you've done all the basing and the skin. That's where we are, right? Nope. So on Monday, I've done the start of the basing, right? Because it needs Just a full day to dry. So I've gotten the the earth texture down, and then I have. This is going to be the first time that I'm using the snow stuff. So oh, okay. I have to Oof. Monday night. I have to figure out how it works. I have to figure out how can I make it look like the snow is melting in places um Mm -hmm. kimmy was gracious enough to sit down with me and um put little grass tufts at random on on different ones very nice Uh, wait 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 wait. you enlisted kimmy on the solo spiritual quest of forcing yourself to finish an army she she did i can't say how many she did maybe about half the models 30 models i'm gonna say 30 models it's wonderful she helped you. I'm just simply giving you a hard time. <laughs> if, it, if if it makes me feel any better, I did go back and put on way more, so I doubled up my shrubs. So okay, okay. so there, so there, ha 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 me. Okay, hey, you doing? It's a labor lab, so this is uh, Monday, Monday yep. snow day. 
right. some Monday snow day and shrubberies, snows and shrubberies. Uh, I nice. came with a herring and I cut that forest down. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> this, this is excellent. Yeah. <laughs> the Monty Python orcs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so figured out the snow fairly quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had some water down bases, make sure everything was random. Uh, if there's one thing I hate, it's uniformity. Um, mm-hmm. So everything is good and random. Uh, get done with Monday, and I've got all snowy shrubbery bases, right? And um, and so I know I have my black, uh, just basic stuff for them. So like a couple of the robes, a couple of everything else. And again, I want to keep them with variation. Unified orcs uh, just feels a little weird to me. Like when I eventually mm-hmm. start painting iron jaws. I can't have them all the same color. That's going to be so weird. They got to like have mm-hmm. some blood mixed in, in their paint somewhere. And there's so many different types of blood. Right. So, um, <laughs> so the first pass, uh, that I took was, um, I believe it was Tuesday. Uh, pulled out some Abaddon black. That contrast paint is amazing. And then just hit, random articles of clothing, whether it was binding on the wrists, whether it was a cloak and hit random spots with black. Um, That way I can make sure that, you know, I had variation, but I also had the underlying theme down, right? So I have Mm -hmm. the underlying theme of the black random clothing. I have the, excuse me, the skin, and then I have the basic. So all of that is down. At that point, I could have stopped and said, I am done. You're three colored. And this is maybe the crux of our debate earlier, because you primed them in white. I did. I primed them so, in white. So we have... It's a color uh, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree, because it was painful seeing a lot of the white that was left on the weapons. So half of the weapons, um, I had already kind of like been experimenting with them and been like, do I really want to go with bone? Like, I know I'm supposed to be splitting bone, but I'm supposed to be in, come on, right? I'm in mm-hmm. the realm of metal. There should be metal. Is that how we pronounce bone. that? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so... So, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, the, the bone is just not that interesting. It's not popping, um, to me. Right. Went through a couple of different recipes, you know, tried white with a wash, tried a bone color, um, and highlight up, nothing was working. And I was like, it's just because they're not heavy metal enough. I need them to be more heavy metal. So I went through, busted out the Necron compound, which is by far my favorite metal paint right now. It's just showing up everywhere that I try and paint something because it has so much depth to it. Nice. And it really reacts well to washes. So I hit about half of them, mostly the Maniac Weird Boys, because I really wanted some extra distinction on the Maniac Weird Boys for myself. Sure. Knowing going into the tournament, I've only had maybe about four games with this army. And they all, it's literally two kits building uh, the entirety of the troops in the army, right? And they're split into three different units. The only distinction is one has a shield and the other doesn't, right? Because um, I'm not going to look for spears. 
Who looks for spears? No. Well, and like, yeah, that's it's so important to have those little th- things to pick out the characters because like uh, I used to play Dark Eldar in 40K oh, yeah. and I can't even tell them apart. It's my army. So like uh, had this whole like system of backpack flags for everybody. You know, if you were a... Uh, if you were a unit champion, you got one backpack flag. If you were if you were a character, you got two, you know, and one would be the army color and one would be like some sort of York, like some sort of thing for you, for that character, so that it would like, I'd be able to easily identify. Now, uh, that worked out great for the, which models were which in terms of which character, which things were holding which guns. Like, I don't think <laughs> even Dark Eldar players can re- uh, identify the different guns in that army, so... We were, yeah. it was only a, yeah, oh, halfway yeah. solution, but <laughs> yeah, no. Most of those are just oblong, sharp looking things that somehow spat death anyway. <laughs> exactly. And, some, and somehow they're ribbed. Like yes. half of the weapons are ribbed. Uh, Don't worry about it. <laughs> ribbed for your displeasure. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, so Matt, we, we've gotten, it's, it's Tuesday. The basing is on. The skin is good. The some of them are shiny, and the the cloth is looking uh, black. Black. Yep. So the I black now, and the white are on. Yeah, yep. yeah. I now have an army where if I were to look at, it, I'd say some of this is shiny and some of this is not, and I have no idea what's going on. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know that I've painted, I've painted my uh, my pigs and. I have actually made the distinction there early on. The Maniac Weird Knobs, they were a little bit, you know, they've been in it longer. They've been fighting more with their orcs or Mm -hmm. with their pork. So that bacon is going to be a little bit grayer, a little aged, you know. Mm -hmm. So they're all gray um, as opposed to the regular boar riders, which are going to be brown. So that makes a kind of a clear distinction for me right away, right? And that's something I can point out to an opponent earlier on. If you see a pork on gray, it's a maniac. If you see a pork on brown, it's just a normal maniac, right? Because they're all maniacs when we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when we get, get down you. to it. So, <laughs> so, um, so next I'm like, okay, what am I going to do that's going to break up each one of these units? Because uh, every model looks the same if I'm just standing there and I really need to update my glasses prescription, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we just go ahead and start figuring out colors. Um, I actually stayed away from purple for once, which was really, really hard. I know that's um, very difficult for you there, Matt. Because you got to have a little bit of ravens and everything. Um so I, I essentially just started down. I was like, okay, we're going with red. We'll go with red. Yeah, red squad. It looks like you got red squad, blue squad. And then black squad. Black squad, all metal, okay. Right? Nice. So that way I could really tell if anything is smudged in next to the other unit, um, whether or not, you know, they're plumes or there were bones that I gave the accent to. Um, and... Each and every every model in the unit had a different application of this black and red or black and blue or black and um, essentially black and white uh, scheme. So different pieces were colored different. So I could still get that kind of like ragtag look and feel, which I feel is very important to myself, I guess. I want each of them to have like a feel like their own personality. Yeah. No, it's always the like, 
you know, oh, we're we're a war band of chaos. Let's all dress the same. Yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of feel. Oh, you got that same leotard from TJ Maxx. Nice. Yeah, right. I have it too. <laughs> Um, we will be individual in our uniformity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm different. I'm not. Um, yeah, like more Monty Python there for you. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so after getting that done, you know, it really came down to um, just making sure, you know, did a couple of passes, did a couple more passes. Um, and I got started on other details that would remind me through the tournament of how much more work I need to do on the army. Cause I'm not coming there to win. I'm not coming there to, um, you know, you're not, you're not coming there to win, Matt. You're coming there to be reminded of future work. I'm, I'm coming, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming there to set a goal. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so here's the idea here. What function out functionally when I set up, set this incredible journey for myself, uh, mm-hmm. which I just finished today. Uh, so Tuesday, again, just the black, uh, Wednesday, a little bit of black Thursday and Friday, red, blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll just do this one white. That's fine. We don't need to do much more. Let's just make sure everything's clean. Right. Yeah. Um, so what I set out to do was to remind myself to a play this army more, right? If I'm mm-hmm. not going for the top of my tier in ITC, then I need to remind myself that I have so many other armies and I don't have to show up to a tournament to win. I can show up to have fun, play games with my friends that I don't get to see as much because work, Mm -hmm. life, yada, yada, yada. And also I can get a new hobby goal, right? I can put put a check in a box saying, okay, we got this far but we can go further and make this army actually win a painting competition if we want, sure. if, if Ricky's not there or yeah, yeah, yeah. we can, you know, like <laughs> this, we, we can, we can, I can set it up on the table. I can look at things. I can see it as it's on the board and get more information about how I want the army to look right. How yeah. I want to feel proud about it and further games. No, and, and that's, Matt, that's it's a thing. It's a proud tradition of using the deadline of a of a tournament uh, or other event to be like, okay, this time I'm actually going to make that display board, or this time I'm actually going to do unit markings, or yeah. you know, like this time I'm actually going to finish the freehand on all of my characters. It's it's mm-hmm. pretty true because there's just no incentive like that. I mean, I myself am currently in the throes of trying to paint for a tournament, which is one of the only reasons the Theradons are getting the love that they otherwise would not have. <laughs> I'm up to 12 now. That's so many Theradons. It's a lot. It's a lot. They're so pretty. They're so nice. (laughs) I like it so hard. I've only had good experiences with six. (laughs) Oh, just wait till you get to a unit of nine. Oh man. (laughs) People get sad real fast. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, so how many are you trying to finish before and what's your time frame? How are you looking yeah. at it? How are you setting well, yourself up for it? Well, I can share a bit about that because maybe it's just kind of a nice bleed over from that with the, the Nova prep and that I, I'm kind of in that place where I don't have to submit the two lists, the list yet. The deadline is a bit in the, the future. And so I have the very tempting siren song of the, 
everything is already painted except for one endless spell list, which is definitely a bit easier. And now we just keep getting my Laoshan the Soul Seeker varnished, oh, sorry, varnished, uh, undercoated and painted. Mm-hmm. A lot of bone on that, very contrast friendly, shouldn't be the worst. I was really only held back today from at least getting undercoated by a very high humidity. So that one I'm not too worried about, but that's like the the must do in all the scenarios. But then the list I'd originally been contemplating running was was going to involve the six Theradons as the new unit, as well as you know, the Corvus Cabal. And I realized with the event being a couple weeks away, a number of work and family things I had to do between now and then, that the Theradons are maybe achievable. The Corvus Cabal are not. <laughs> they really, really are not. And so sure. I've been yeah. trying to figure out yeah, how I can get the Theradons to that pleasing tabletop standard where it actually looks good and matches the rest of the army thematic, you know, or not, and go with the alternative. And I guess I'm going to see if I can make enough progress to go with a, the list that includes them, but at least I have a backup plan. I, I will say that <clears throat> I have concocted the most fun incentive for myself to kind of make me want to finish the painting. Uh, which is another one of those kind of mnemonics, right? Where you have the tournament, you figure out the list you want to use, and then you make it a bit more urgency, you know, to, to sort of impel you on. And that is giving it a crazy pun-based theme. Okay, nice. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. And and I'll, I'll share this with you in, in, the, in the wide world because if I if I manage to take the landing, I get these six Theradons done for this tournament. I might have to name this particular army the Slaves to Dankness. <laughs> and it'll be as if they're all at a rave and there'll be some silly dance or pun-based, you know, rhythm name for every single unit. Nice. Um, part of the inspiration actually for this is coming from Miles, uh, whose Slave Doctors collection has sort of come to live in my basement. And so I occasionally can you know, pillage from it or you know, give it a new home. And there are these really like, almost in the midst of a rave, untamed beasts, what I've always called the untamed beats. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they would be the 80-point swap out for the Corvus Cabal. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, because they look great. All I have to do is do their basing. So at that point, like, the pun train would be a moving, right? I mean, there would be the untamed beats. <laughs> um, I think the unmade would be the, um, what did I come up with for this one? It was pretty good. Oh, oh, I know. Uh is this like the archer? Oh, I had something for this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Don't wait, don't wait. All this dead air. We're gonna yeah. own it. We're gonna own it. All, I think I know it. It's coming. It's coming to the ether. The, the, the thought is coming back to my mind. Hold that thought. You guys talk. Okay. About the untamed beats. Uh, they were such a fun thing to paint because it was like uh, Warcry had just come out, right? We'd gotten the iron. Uh, iron golems and the untamed beasts and that that starter box and literally everyone was painting them like they were conan the barbarian right or conan the barbarian-esque and i was like what's the one other thing that they could be (laughs) and it was like they're at um burning man (laughs) yeah it's it's like they came out of like some like colored dust storm in burning man or they were just at a beach at some rave uh or uh (laughs) what is that festival diwali is that right yeah they have some Uh, diwali dust on it for sure this looks that way or i don't know like they're the 
one of those like sort of Spanish hotspots for nightlife, you know, <laughs> they're yeah. doing all the things. <laughs> so, um, and it is so delightful. So I got to ask, do you have a display board for them? Oh, well, that's the best thing. So, so follow, so follow this. I, I remember what it was. So the unmade would be the, the rhythm dissection <laughs> because like, you nice. know, they're doing that. Um, I would have the carpet back on the, on the snake be the eclectic slide. So the electric slide, you know, nice. number of things along that, you know, kind of, kind of cut those lines. I think um, the chaos war shine would be DJ depravity. He'd have to be <laughs> up there saying that, but you know, uh, if I did do this, I would choose miles's route to make my quote unquote display board, a quickly printed custom mouse pad with our QR code, the name of the podcast, and a background that looked a little ravey, or maybe just matched the basing. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, I, I was gonna offer offer a, a, a quick hobby hobby tip on the boards, which I Whoa. have everything. Matt, Matt, quick hobby tip in that <laughs> coming right now. Oh no! Hot breaking hobby tip from oh, Matt. Oh no! <laughs> We're gonna have to have a jingle there now. Oh, that'll be good. Um, <laughs> so one of my favorite places in the world are the dollar stores, and okay. my favorite time of the year to be at my favorite place in the world, a dollar store, mm-hmm. is Halloween. Okay. When is Nova happening? Uh, before Halloween, it's happening. Yeah, right unfortunately, at the end of yeah. Right at the end of August. So mm. you may be getting Halloween stuff in there. You could get then. early Halloween. Okay. One of the things that they always have are like little LED things that will shoot a bunch of different colors. And so you could you could get some you get some um you get one of the whatever the little flashing LED thing is that you just click a button and then it just goes blah, 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 right? Or mm-hmm. a tea light that changes colors. There's tons of stuff like that there every year. You can get that, stick it behind a colored film, and then you have your rave party going on. Nice. Put it in a little box or a hut, and then you've got your rave hut up in the back. And then you just put like very important, I don't know what a very important theradons or something right yeah (laughs) but then you have then you have the ultimate like display right there with your flashing lights that then you've got your your full uh your your full burning man compliment nice i like that idea a lot especially like it's like up a little a little ways behind the velvet rope and like they're just up there and there's not much of a difference from the rest of like the display board except that they paid too much up there to get their battle service (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's terrible nice i mean all that's easily done too right you just get some rope a couple of couple of cylinders and then you're good to go you know it's just so easy to make it all comes down to kind of the, the whole spirit of our discussion of preparing for the tournament says you get grand ambitions, but what can you accomplish in a limited time? But this is all first premised on finishing the Theranons. <laughs> maybe <laughs> finishing true. the basing for the untamed beats. We're still standing on just the, the cool pressings for the, the contour basing, but do not have color on them yet. All mm-hmm. doable, but will require a little bit of work and that endless spell. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then, I guess uh, how do you how do you set up your your goal time then, or at least figure out whether or not you can do it, right? Because I know there have been a couple of tournaments where I have not set that goal correctly, mm-hmm. and I've been like, oh, 
Well, that's, okay. That's it looks a, like I'm using the other list. <laughs> I think that's sort of um, that's sort of my my approach is knowing the big cutoff date, you know, and trying to like figure out if I have a the big goal, how much I've moved through it by the time that cutoff date is is approaching. So, for me, if I am within a stone's throw of those theradons being done by the time I have to make the list decision in about a week, then I'll excitedly go for it. But if life has gotten in the way or something has delayed it and I'm looking at, you know, there's not much more progress than now, I'd probably say, okay, I do not want to be in the all night painting position yeah. <laughs> on the heels of a drive down to DC. So I will go with the other list and, and like maybe tighten that up to make sure I have a, a great experience in that way. So I think it's, it's like preparing for the bail, but then again, once you pass the point of no return, the situation does change because if I was seized by a special madness and then I was to be one hour and whatever much change beyond the point of list submission, I couldn't take it back. And I realized, oh, I have a lot of work to do still because mm -hmm. the, the clouds are lifted from my eyes. Then it's a matter of prioritization across days. I, I would count out the days. I figure out the big painting pushes mm -hmm. and I would figure out when it's no longer optional. You know, there's a lot of time we think we might think we don't or something else, you know, comes up, cool video game, new book, or release something we want to see. Nope. Can you do other things with your time? Wait, what are other things? Yeah. Not, <laughs> in the, not, not in the sacred painting crunch space. Yeah, exactly. Because that four hours has to happen. And that's, I think, the difference. But you kind of almost like parcel it out. And much the way I think you did, Matt, with your, with your orcs. Like it really wasn't optional to spend Monday doing bases, was it? <laughs> no, it was really like once I had locked in the list, you know, and that that was where like I put together that kind of I I do I did a lot of mental math, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, if I have five if I have five days out of what was it, the seven days in between when mm -hmm. I had to submit the list, could I get it out and not be up late the night before the tournament? Right. So it's like, funny how you did do it, but you did not succeed in not staying up late the night before the tournament. <laughs> hey, you know, we hear sometimes you just strikes late have priorities. All right. Sometimes you just gotta quick record a quick podcast the night late <laughs> night before the tournament. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's really you know what are the minimum amount of days I can. I think I can accomplish this to the standard that I want to accomplish it. And I think, I think I called it. I did go right up to the very limit of what I could do, but um, I'm sure anybody in project management knows we always set aside some extra time just in case. Right. So there you go. All Spoken comes down like to a what true, you want to do. A true project mm -hmm. manager. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I think it, in the end, Right. It really comes down to what you want to do and yeah. um, and knowing knowing what you're going to do before you set out on your project. So uh, I think preparation is what 50 percent of a project for me. When there's definitely a there's definitely a quote about that by someone famous. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. An important person. <laughs> I don't remember what the wisdom. what the percentage was, but it's definitely a thing. <laughs> I think that was that was Marty after his it was like, 
fourth <laughs> walk around trying to get him to relieve himself the other uh, day. He was like, no, no, no. Preparation first. Yeah. yeah. That's the key to first. Yeah. Marty is my dog. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, no, it sounds good, Matt. I think alternate. Matt. I think, yeah. Yeah. We, we've, we've come to a good place and we should let you go because it is a big day tomorrow. Um, and we're going to be, uh, wishing you all the best of luck, uh, in ECO say hi to everyone for us, uh, roll all of the sixes and ones when appropriate. Oh, you just, know, just ones. We know how I go here. Yeah, there we go. I don't even get to re-roll them. So I'm just going to say, you know, surprise everyone, Matt, fork roll the tournament. <laughs> I will show up with some bacon that hates. That's for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> just show up with a bunch of like. Like pigs in a blanket and uh, and other sort of like pork finger foods, uh, like cocktail sausages. Yeah, <laughs> just come in. Uh, just come. In. What was the what was the name of that guy who was really big? The Canadian uh, early th- big Canadian Tom Green. Okay. Tom Green. I thought he was going for John Tom Candy. Green? At least I could. He was nineties, uh, late nineties. Uh, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Yep. Yeah, I'll just walk it yeah. around. Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, I yes. never even saw that movie. No, I don't think I did either. I did see a clip of his uh, getting his testicle removed, which was aired live on MTV. That's a that's a thing that you know. Yep, that's a thing. Go look it up. Millennials had to suffer, apparently. (laughs) Oh, that's the sort Uh, of thing that is left in the past. (laughs) Yeah, where it stays, Miles. Where it stays. Okay. (laughs) Well, in that case, I think let's call it a podcast. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for joining us, and uh, this has been always strikes last. (laughs) absolutely don't forget to like subscribe to all the great things and next time we'll tell you whether or not orcs on orcs or orcs on porks are the new big thing and they still got it i don't know stay tuned (laughs)